0: The friendliest question you're going to get in a fit interview is the one that goes along the lines of, tell me about yourself, or the flip side of it, but basically asking for the same thing is, you know, walk me through your resume. So today I'm going to give you some samples of how to answer these questions, but more importantly, uh, you know, talk you through the strategy and approach you need when addressing these questions. I think the first thing you need to understand that your resume is not one page, sure, When you write up your resume into a document, you try to condense it into one page. But in reality, your resume is obviously more than one page. Your resume is your life experiences. So when you're told to tell me about yourself or talk me through your resume, you do not need to simply stick to items you've put on your resume, okay? You can bring in additional items. And I do know for a fact, because I was in partner at one point and even ran interviews for a large part of my career is that it's seen as a sign of confidence when someone is able to concisely and confidently bring up items that are not on their resume but relevant to the discussion now surely you could say that you know well if you're going to bring it up in an interview it should be in your resume but that's not exactly true there are some things that may be necessary to bring up to support a point you're making that does not need to be on your resume. And that's fine. I mean, I like it when people bring up new information that may not be on their resume but is interesting. Certain things, for example, if you played for the U.S. Volleyball Olympic team, put it in your resume. If you played for the Brazilian soccer team at some point, even the Under-21 team, put it in your resume. But other items that um, aid a point you're making that may not be on your resume, you're welcome to bring it up. So I think that's important understand your resume is not just what you have on a piece of paper it's your broad set of experiences so let's talk about a strategy when you when you ask the question tell me about yourself or talk me through your resume i think the first thing you have to understand is that when you when someone looks at your resume they either have a concern or they like what they see or sometimes they're neutral right i mean that happens a lot as well so you so you need to follow different strategies here and think about your profile. And I think everyone's going to do the same thing. You have some weaknesses, you have some strengths, and you have a set of of issues or a set of of characteristics that a consulting firm is looking for. So think of a triangle. You've got what the consulting firm is looking for, you've got your strengths, and you've got your weaknesses. When someone says tell me about yourself, you've got to play to these three tensions. What do I mean by that? Well, Consulting firms are looking for four things basically. Leadership skills, uh, the ability to manage conflict, um, analytical skills, and the ability to work in a team. Now, I'm talking about the big strategy consulting firms like McKinsey, BCG, Booz, and so on. Uh, even Booz, AT Cunning, they all have other things they may look for. OCC may have something different and so on. And we don't really worry about those firms, right? We don't specialize in them. We don't even we don't even place in those firms because they're not our target firms. But for the big four. McKinsey, Bain, BCG, Roland Berger, the big four strategy firms. They're looking for four things, right? So that's one part of the of the um, of the triangle. The other part is your strengths. What are your strengths? Now, if you are a fantastic person at maybe developing oral arguments as a litigator, let's assume you have a legal background. Now, you may think to yourself, you know, "How in the world do I present that?" You need to present your strengths in the language of what a consulting firm is looking for. So, and as an example, I'm going to do a full example in a few minutes. But as an example, we know that one of the things consulting firms are looking for is analytical skills. So, if you were a great orator as a litigator, if you were good at speaking, you need to position that as an analytical skill, right? Don't position that as a legal skill because it's irrelevant to consulting. Position it as an analytical skill. The other thing you have to do, and this is a very clever tactic that I've done many times, um, when you present your resume, there are going to be weaknesses. Maybe you went to a school that's not well known. If that is your biggest issue, discuss it when you present yourself. Get it out of the way before it comes up. But more importantly, sometimes they don't ask you about it. The, the interviewer will, create a, will have a perception in the back of their head about the school you went to, and the perception may be incorrect. So what you should do is you should bring it up, and correct the perception before it becomes an issue. So, to recap, there's three things you have to worry about. First one is, what are consulting firms looking for? Very basic. The second one is, what are your strengths? You've got to word it in terms of the language of what consulting firms are looking for. And the third thing is, you have to look at your weaknesses. You're only going to bring up maybe one, not more than two, but usually one weakness, the most important weakness, and explain it, right? Now, the three sides of the triangle tell you the content you need to deliver in your introduction how you deliver it is far more important i always tell people this how you say things are more important than what you say it's a skill that even i develop i mean you know um, good genes i look a lot younger than i really am and even when i was an engagement manager i was a young engagement manager and i was a very young partner um but irrespective of how young i was i would look much younger than i really was and one of the things i had to deal with was clients would look at me and you know they would look at me and then they'd look at the senior partner next to me because they think well he must be an analyst and i had to convince them to listen to me by the way i spoke the way I develop a storyline, the way I kept I create a compelling story. So now I'm going to talk you through a resume of a candidate. I'm not going to give you too much details about him, but let's assume that his hobbies are sailing, backpacking, cooking. He's um, worked at a number of firms as an intern. Not no MBA, but he does have a master's in engineering, dual degree program with a business degree. He went to a prestigious high school in I don't know France or somewhere like that, and um, he's now looking to break into one of the um, major consulting firms let's say in italy as well uh, you start in the uk uh, good grades smart guy speaks well right so how would i introduce myself now assuming with that background how would i introduce myself well let's assume the interviewer asked me you know michael talk me about talk me through your background you know, and i would say okay well you know i'm i hold Three different nationalities I hold a Canadian um, uh, citizenship I hold a US citizenship and I hold an Italian citizenship I've therefore traveled all over the world and it's opened my you know it's opened my mind to many different perspectives and I had a chance to learn from different cultures um, because of you know influence on my father's side who went to a specific high school and most of my family has gone there I chose to go to that same high school because I've looked at how they're developed their careers and the training it gave them and i felt that this could be a good school to expose me to new ways of thinking but also i felt that it groomed you to have confidence and to be able to tackle problems so i went to this high school and this high school you know it's quite a it's regarded as one of the better high schools in uh, italy and it exposed me to many different um, hobbies uh, one of the things I picked up which I thoroughly enjoyed was sailing, and I took part in many international sailing events. And the thing I liked about sailing is that it's very unpredictable, but the thing I liked more about sailing was the fact that um, you cannot plan everything, so the team that you're working with needs to have confidence that when something goes wrong, you will respond in a certain way. You know, So there is a protocol for handling things, and there's trust amongst team members that you'll follow this protocol. So I enjoyed sailing a lot. It taught me a lot about teamwork. And... Out of my sailing experiences and my high school experiences, I realized that, you know, I assumed I'd want to be an engineer, but out of having to deal with sailing challenges and so on, I realized that, you know what? maybe business and the management side would be appealing to me. So I, at this stage, I wasn't sure, so I chose a dual degree program whereby I could get an advanced degree in engineering and an advanced degree in business. And I enjoyed it immensely because the engineering side fulfilled my desire to pursue analytically sound thinking and learn about the sciences, which I think really you know, helped me fulfill my mathematical needs. But also, I like building things, right? So I could get my hands dirty and build things. But on the other side, I was curious about business. Curious about management, how to manage teams, how to tackle business problems, and the management degree gives me that exposure. And what I realized is that I wanted a career that offers the best of everything. I mean I like the team environment for my sailing. I like the analytical nature of my engineering work, the precision that we applied, and also the fact that we had to break down problems to which in many cases there were no particular answers. And I like the business side, so I thought about how do I combine this? And I took up several internships, as you see on my resume. And I particularly looked for roles that could introduce me to careers whereby this intersection of these three skills would occur. So I took up an internship for an electricity utility whereby I worked on the business case side of uh, installing um, a new user interface for the IT system. And it, you know, it wasn't an IT role at all. I was basically doing the business case, trying to find out the total cost of ownership. It was very new for me. And... I had to speak to so many experts within the company, contact experts outside the company to work out the total cost of ownership analysis I would do. I ran the analysis, uh, collecting the data myself, and I had to present it. And that's an example of the of the different kinds of internship roles I took. And out of these internship roles, um, well, I realized you know, consulting is a good fit for me, so... Um, the final internship role I took as you can see was something as close to consulting as I could get for an internal consulting company uh, sort an internal consulting unit at a multinational company and that exposed me to even more management consulting expertise and while I was there one of the senior managers in the unit was a McKinsey partner who pointed out to me that you know while I'm doing very well you know he thinks that before I move into industry I should go into a consulting firm to get these skills not that I wasn't doing well but he thought that I'd be an even better person in industry or you know, I'd learn the right kind of way of thinking before I moved into industry. So I've done those things. I mean, that—that's the you know academic side. In terms of the um, non-academic side, um, as I mentioned, my hobbies are sailing. I like uh, traveling. Also, uh, cook a lot, um, and I specialize in Vietnamese cuisine. And uh, of course, there's a very high-level breakdown of uh, my background if you want to discuss. Um, Anything you know please let me know now let's just uh, diagnose this or dissect this thing now let's look at the three tensions yeah the three tensions the first one teamwork addressed that very clearly on the sailing side analytics addressed it on the engineering side, um, conflict resolution. he kind of alluded to that on the sailing side as well, but he also talked about uh, the um, TCO a total cost of ownership study around how he had to engage different experts, which means he had to you know reconcile their differences so it's a um, leadership. teamwork, conflict resolution, and analytics. All of those things came out. Now notice the language he used. I mean, he could have very well have talked about his IT experience in the language of IT, but he used it in consulting language, right? Frameworks, the approach. TCO is a consulting firm. Think about his experience in sailing. He could have talked about anything in sailing, but what did he focus on? He focused on the fact that everyone is well-trained in a certain process, and they trust each another, which is what consulting is. I mean, I, mean, I know that, that a BCG associate anywhere in the world is going to be like a BCG associate anywhere else in the world. So no matter who I work with, I know what to expect. So again, he uses the language. Now, what was the, the gap he brought up? The gap he brought up is one gap that is very common to, post, uh, um, to postgraduate students, um, PhDs or even Masters in Engineering or Masters in Sciences. Is the fact that they are weaker in teamwork. And that is true. If you notice that when you do interviews for PhD levels and in some cases even masters levels, they ask you to do group sessions because they want to see how you work in a team. He aggressively addressed that through his, um, you know, through the sailing experience. So it came up. You know, he can handle teams. He mentioned it a few times throughout, and you can see that I you know, obviously the guy's resume is much larger than what I've spoken to, but I didn't speak to everything. I picked five or six points and I worked on them. Didn't go through too much detail. Uh, one way you may want to start the interview, the, the question, is by saying, well, I'm sure you've looked at my resume, so I'm going to give you a brief overview, and if you want to ask me any details, please feel free to do so. You add in that disclaimer, going at a high level, and it actually puts the onus on the interviewer to then probe. And the nice thing about getting the interviewer to probe is you can see where he's interested or where he has a concern, and you can focus on that. If you don't do that, if you don't give them an opportunity to probe, you will have to guess where the concern is, which is a lot harder to do. When people ask for my you know, background and so on, even a clients when I was in consultants, I always say I'll give you a brief overview and if you want to talk about any particular project I've done or any particular stage in my career, I'd be happy to do so. So that way, I give them a brief rundown and I control what I want them to hear, obviously. Uh, and I and based on you know the interaction we've had, I can also see points I may want to emphasize. But then based on where they probe, I can see where their real concerns lie and directly address this. So, Again, to, to give a brief rundown of your career or yourself or your resume, always think of the three tensions. What does a consulting firm want? Four things. What are the strengths you want to bring up? And word it in the language of the four things consulting firms are looking for. And then finally, what are some of the weaknesses that you want to address? Oh, people always have weaknesses. You know, We spoke about the school you chose in a previous podcast, why this office? Maybe you can even bring it up here very briefly. People will latch on to it and ask more, or you can find a succinct way to answer it in its completeness. So that's a pretty, uh, I think, um, easy way to address this, quest- this question. There are of course other ways to do it, but I always feel that when you have an audience, you must know what your audience is looking for and give that to them, provided it is factual. You know, the answer is, unethi- is ethical, and you're not simply you know fabricating something to make yourself look good. At the end of the day, no one really has a bad background. I do find people, of course, if your grades are bad, your background isn't bad. You just you know put me not cut out for consulting. But I do find most people struggle to present their candidacies well. By far, that is the biggest challenge most people face. As always, place comments and I'll be happy to respond.